So Pete, today we're going to be talking about what to expect when you're expecting, as you've just had a little one. Yeah, parent for the second time around, so happy to share my um, pearls of wisdom with everyone, and also sort of, uh, yeah, it's not all perfect and smooth sailing, so what, uh, what not to do as well. That's it, so I hope you enjoy. The information contained on this podcast is general advice only, and hasn't taken into account your personal circumstances. Before acting on any of the content you've heard, you should consult your own financial advisor to consider whether that is appropriate for you. So, Pete, it's been a pretty quiet week at, at your place. Not much happening? Yeah, a little, little met. We arrived safely. Everyone's happy to know. I'm actually coming here on my uh, my annual leave here because the podcast means so much. Thank you so for much. gracing us. <laughs> yeah. Also just needed to kick some butts in the office. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, a little Matt's uh, seven days old now, so very, very happy, a uh, little bundle of joy. A um, little bit worse for wear in terms of my sleep. Yeah, how are you going, sleeping? Terrible, terrible. I haven't been to the gym all week. Dogs are sort of barely being walked. I only got out for two walks this week. And Remy's um, a really good big brother, but also... He's uh, thrown a few temper tantrums as well. So, well, for those of you that um, don't know who are listening out there, how old's Remy today? Uh, Eighteen months today. So happy um, eighteen month milestone, Remy! <laughs> uh, I know you're out there listening. Big he, listener he, at the podcast. He loves listening to Dad on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so you've got a, a one week old and an eighteen month old. So yeah. How's, so, it, how's it going? Ah, fantastic. So life is good. Um, very very happy. But uh, there are some things that hopefully we can distill a little bit of wisdom um, and hope. You know, share a few battle scars that I've, um, yeah, encountered and sort of uh, wearing at the moment. So, well, that's what we're going to talk about today: is uh, what to expect when you're expecting, and then um, kind of grill you and your personal experiences and get you to share some uh, wisdom from what what you've been through and um, maybe some pitfalls that people should try and avoid as well. Yeah, I've got plenty of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with what's probably the biggest um, financial tip that you'd give to someone when they get the news or biggest tip in general uh biggest tip in general is get excited no one likes to sort of have anyone sort of uh you know deflated about the news so i think get excited uh, embrace it i think you know once it, once you know it's coming um yeah it happens really quickly so that sort of nine months and you don't really know for the whole nine months anyway but um yeah it goes by really really quickly there's a lot of tests and sort of the the rush of just getting stuff done, it always catches up to you. So I'd be having real money conversations as early as you can So and real ones. So don't sort of uh, fluff about. Um, life's going to change. So don't um, you know, try and fool yourself into thinking your life's going to be the same and you'll do all the same How things. How drastic is the change? So I'm coming from somewhere. I'd, obviously, I don't have any children. Um, at least I think not. I don't think there's any out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so if anyone wants to phone in, please call <laughs> No, don't. Please don't. Was <laughs> um, how drastic is the change um, between you know your life pr- prior to having children and then um, post getting the news and and having the child? How different is uh, the change? Day to day routine is completely different, but from a financial standpoint, it's also really different because you're spending money on different things. So I think pr- prior to having children, there was a lot of lifestyle. There was a lot of um, dining out a lot of travel expenses and just um you're out and about more so i know i can remember i sort of used to be a regular sort of eating out on a wednesday thursday friday night and then sort of out for drinks on a saturday you're lucky to see me outside of the house um other than business yeah. hours so <laughs> you know, once a year now one, yeah, one and annual I, and i trip. give it give it a nudge when i'm out but, um <laughs> 
but you are still spending money. So, and the difference is your income levels uh, are impacted as well. So that's probably the biggest thing that you need to get comfortable with. And that's why the sooner you can have that conversation about, hey, what what are we going to do? Are we going to both wind back our working hours so we can share the workload of parenting? Because it's a, it's a massive workload. Um, or is one of us going to sort of step back and not work at all? Or is it going to be part-time? So just really sort of planning that out and going, hey, what am I? And then, you know, what am I going to get from in terms of maternity leave, paternity leave? How much time are we going to take off? And just know life is not perfect. You can't plan for everything. So you might get thrown a complete curveball and not be actually able to do it, but it's really good to start planning um, that as soon as possible. So what um, are the changes expense-wise once the baby comes along? Is it massive? Um, what are the what are the you, do you see as the biggest kind of expenses that people should start to prepare for? prior to the arrival? Uh, I think, like, groceries are a, a significant change. Nappies so and things like that, is yeah, it? Yeah, just nappies, you know. I've never had so much bubble bath in that house. <laughs> um, there's ointments and stuff for everything. Um, yeah, clothes, because they change all the time. You don't know what they're comfortable in. Um, yeah, immunizations, childcare. There's a whole list of things that you need to really detail. Um, there's a few, you know, I think Money Smart's a, a good resource to actually go through and they've got a, a good list of things to um, start to work through. But I think the big one is really understanding what's going to change on the, the cash flow side, get your budget done, you know, and sort of factor in what are the things you'd like to, to spend on as well because especially with childcare, you'd want to be factoring that in pretty quickly because uh, it's not not cheap and it's rising so, constantly rising it's rising well. depending on what you're earning are you eligible for rebates or not i think these are all things you need to explore sooner rather than later so you can just be real um, and just be prepared because you're going to have enough chaos and enough stress thrown at you that you don't need money to be added to that list um so you um i know you're big on the use of one income leading up to the arrival did you want to speak a little yeah. bit more about that i think yeah look as soon as you know, or at least, you know, six months out from uh, uh, having a baby, I'd be either having a look at going winding back to living off one salary. So the other one, obviously, it'll keep coming in so you don't don't sort of give it back to your employer. Um, well, you could if you, <laughs> if you're very generous. Of you. um, but no, like you just sort of bank that or even better, yeah, put it into an investment or sort of set up, an, um, you know, payments into an offset account or something like that. So but have it out of sight, out of mind and just, you know, batten down the hatches and live off um, one person's income because potentially that's what might be the case, you know, when you fast forward 12 months. And then banking that income can kind of help for those expenses that are no doubt going to come that you haven't necessarily planned for, especially if it's your first. Yeah, it gives you a cash buffer. So I think that's really important because there's things you don't really um, naturally consider. Um, Well, I did, but um, they sort of something still snuck up on me as well. So there's a lot of stuff you take into account, but um, even things like we got a new car, so we've sort of upgraded Make to a seven seat people mover, yeah, yeah so. <laughs> soccer mum, TV <laughs> driving around, yeah, no, I'm there. I got the dogs in the back seats. We got sort of you know two child seats in the the middle row, <laughs> and then Ren and I up front. Um, so let's talk a bit about some of those purchases you made. We might get you to give us your best. Or your top three purchases, and maybe the worst purchase that you've made. Um, yeah, and I think it's different for everyone. But think of when you spend money. I'm all about quality, not cheapest. Um, and it makes sense for things that are going to last, and you're going to use for potential multiple children, 
or you know you might be able to hand it over to um, other members of the, f- the family as well and sort of um, share the love a bit they're the things you'd spend money on and spend money on the things you care about and just think about your lifestyle so you know if you're going to be active and traveling and doing all these things well you might want to spend money on a, a pram so that was one thing that we didn't sort of skimp on like this pram is the cost of. I got a name model. Oh, I forget what. It was. <laughs> I know I was right up the the end. It was one of the most expensive ones at um, Baby Bunting. So you're out there jogging behind it, aren't you? In the Flagstaff uh, Gardens. I've, I've broken into a jog occasionally, <laughs> um, but with a pram, I think that was a really important thing because you want to be comfortable. I want to know that when I'm moving around because we live in a city, so I've, you know we've only got one car, so a lot of the time we're walking around. You want to have one that fits your lifestyle, so um, that one's yeah, well worth the expense and sort of it's something that we've been, you know, you've got a forward plan as well. We bought one that you can actually fit two children into um, and then, I don't know, it's a very boring view for Matt down the bottom, so she's just looking up at a, uh, the back of Remy's <laughs> seat. Um, but I think that's really good and then factoring in just uh, how do you live day to day. So that was a big one. Car seats as well, like, you know, that was just something that mattered to me and something that's easy to... Um, in and out, but also very safe uh, was very important. And then probably the other um, big thing that we did was the car. Like having have a real think about how do I, how can I? So those car seats take up a lot more space than what uh, you maybe originally. They take thought. up one. I've sat in the sat in the back with Remy and um, another passenger once, and it's not the best, most comfortable yeah. trip. And, and for those <laughs> that can't see Zach out there, Zach's not a giant by any stretch, <laughs> uh, and it's still tight back there. So. Um, so they're the big ones, and that made a difference from a – they mattered to me. They mattered for our lifestyle. You know, It's just easier from a day-to-day routine perspective. Um, and then we sacrificed other things. So we didn't sort of go crazy on um, kidding out the nursery, um, for example. So I know when I've walked into nurseries and um, in the past and seen what's available at baby bunting. This is before, like the a lot of people kitted out before the babies even arrived. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, maybe by sheer laziness, but yeah. I didn't kit it out um, <laughs> the, before Remy came. But, uh, you know, you see then they've got sort of change tables for this. They've got a, another sort of thing that's just perp- like an only, you know, nappy bins and stuff like that. I'm like, do I need a nappy bin? I've got a bin. You know, yeah. so... Um, so if something doesn't have multi uh, multi uses and it's just going to you know take up space because space is I don't care where you live unless you're in some sort of giant thirty room mansion your house is going to become more cluttered just by virtue of having a child yeah. um, so you want sort of you want to take that in mind and don't sort of be wasting uh, money unnecessarily so spend up on what matters to you and then on the other things just wait so wait until you have the baby you don't know what they're going to need or sort of what your routine is going to look like. And then naturally you'll figure out what you actually need and you'll probably save hundreds if not thousands of dollars by doing that. So what do you think the biggest financial mistake you've made um, through having a, a child is? Uh, not by having not a by child. Not by having it, but yeah, like, no, uh, through the process, what's the, biggest, <laughs> what's the biggest mistake you think or, or something that's panned out a bit differently than what you thought or you um, haven't found as much use for it? or? Uh, I think in terms of... Toys, I think they're the sort of ones that Remy's like. He loves drawing on things, and he only likes a certain, a couple of uh, particular toys. So I think they're the things that there's a lot of those that just lay around the house and don't get used at all. Um, but yeah, we didn't spend massively on that. Uh, and I think the other, the other one that um, that I sort of wish I didn't spend so much on um, was probably 
I guess having a look at. Yeah, oh, look, yeah. Some of, there is still some clutter in his room, so it, it does my head in. Uh, so, uh, and then big toys, and big uh, big items. Uh, so they're the big ones that I think. And then there was a couple of different baths and stuff like that. We had like four bathing solutions. Yeah, you know, he's only one boy, so definitely don't need that many uh, things around. <laughs> and also, he can't bath and really clunky to uh, hide around the house. Um. So now let's we've talked a bit about what to kind of how to prep and things like that before um, the child arrives. Let's talk a bit about when the child does arrive. Um, and one aspect that a lot of people come in kind of asking about is um, starting an investment yeah. for kids and something I know you're pretty passionate about and that you've already got in place. Has Met got hers yet? I know Remy got his on the second day. Yeah, not that we don't love Met as much, <laughs> but um, Met's is on it on its way, so it'll get done over the weekend. So. Um, yeah, and we're trying a new, uh, it's still an investment bond. We're trying a new provider as well that, you know, practice what I preach and like to test these things out with our money before we sort of put any clients' money uh, into them. So um, I think that's really important. What I'd do is whatever money you're intending to set aside for your child, I, I'd split that in two, break it in half, put 50% in a cash buffer because things will happen. You'll have unexpected expenses. Um, you'll have items that need to be purchased because, uh, you know, obviously you've listened to my advice and you're waiting to make some bigger purchases. And then the other bit, I'd, I'd put that in a, lo- a long-term investment, get it sort of invested for growth. You've got time on your side. Like This is not money you're going to need in years one, two, three, four, or even five. Um, so it might be set aside for education, might be set aside for a first car or a house deposit in the future. Let the magic of compound interest do its thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where you want to have growth assets. You want to have allocations to shares, property, and potentially infrastructure and alternative assets because they're going to grow a hell of a lot quicker than a bank account is. If you're just sticking it in whatever the you know, bank account, online savings account or um, sort of just the savings account. Especially you're at gonna, the moment, what are you getting? 2%? You'd be lucky to get a 2%. That. So you're talking about it's going to be not even keeping pace with inflation. So, um, yeah, do that. If you're not comfortable, if you're not sort of educated with it, you know, get online and do some research or, you know, um, shoot us an email. Happy to have a, a conversation um, to sort of steer in the right direction. So what about the education funds that a lot of people talk about? Um, is that something you looked into? Yeah, we looked into it. I'm not a massive um, fan of those, but they have their place. Like if, you know, if they work for you, great, you know, stick with it. Uh, for me, I just wanted the flexibility and um, control and autonomy to do whatever I wanted with the money. So I didn't want to sort of go, it's pigeonholed and you can only use it for this purpose because, I don't know, like well, I came from a big family. Um, mm. So not everyone needs the same thing. So, you know, in terms of what, you know, do I want to have to, you know, force someone and, you know, be butting heads with my child when they're in year 10 and obviously, you know, they're gifted at something that's not, um, you know, education related. They might have a passion that, I don't know, I'm going to want to learn something else or sort of start a small business, I'd like to be able to support them and throw the money behind that. Or if they don't need the money and they've got scholarships and, you know, or they've gone to public school and we haven't needed to spend the money on education, I'll just leave, leave it compounding and go, hey, well, you might need help with a – I'm not going to help my kids with the first car at all. Um, they'll have to do that. <laughs> so you're going to get a, a purple ute to match the one you get your first car? purple, it's red. <laughs> what is this? You, I'm pretty sure this it's is, purple. These are, this is uh, – Lower with terrible, terrible rims. Yeah. Great rims. <laughs> but anyway, it's cars. I don't like depreciating assets. I'm not not holding kids out of cars. But if it's helping them start an investment portfolio to educate them later, if it's maybe a, a first home, 
or something like that. Um, that's what I'd like to throw the money behind. Because you lose a bit of the flexibility with the education um, kind of funds. Yeah, and then, you know, I want to know that if, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we might need access to the funds for the family instead of the child, well, you've got flexibility to do that as well. Now, kind of one thing that um, I know we've bought a couple of gifts for Remy and we see him wearing them and things like that, but no doubt you're inundated with gifts and presents and things like that. Yeah. Um, What's your opinion on asking for cash gifts and putting it into an investment? Is this something that you're you think's a good idea, bad idea? I like it. Thoughts? I haven't done it myself. I don't, Would you do it? <laughs> uh, I never ask for any. I just go, you know, yeah. whatever. And I think through my dialogue, if you speak to Rihanna and myself long enough, you know that there's things we like, there's things we don't, uh, and we just plead that you don't give us giant noisy <laughs> gifts. Uh, but some people do, obviously, to really just stick a needle in my <laughs> my ear holes um but realistically it's a great thing because it's probably easier for people as well so you know if you ever gift shopping and you go oh i don't know what they'd like or this or that and yeah it might be a hell of a lot easier just go hey if you want to give cash let them know what it's going towards going hey i'm setting yeah. up an investment portfolio the awesome thing with that is you might actually get them sort of creatively thinking for themselves going oh actually i've been thinking about doing investments for my kids or myself um so I think it's a much more useful um, use of you know, that, the natural sort of flow of cash that's going to happen in terms of gift giving. I think that's important, the point that we let the people know what it's going towards. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think as a – because I, well, I struggle with it. I don't know what to, well, to buy a little child. kids. Well, some yeah, people, child, great, some people are great gift givers for kids and they'll still – even if you tell them to give cash, they'll give the gifts anyway. Yeah. So just leave it open but – if you, I think if you tell people the why, so we're all big about the why, about you know, what is the purpose behind things because it helps people get around the idea Yeah. because uh, some people feel guilty like they haven't put enough effort in if they're giving cash. If you go, hey, this is what it's for, well, you know, setting an investment account up to either provide for future education, first home, car, whatever they need, mm. that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to get around that. Uh, it gets people excited. It's, you know, and sort of talking about long-term plans I think is always a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now that we've gone through the investing side of thing, let's talk about more on the protection side and if something, you know, planning for the worst um, is something that we often do as advisors. We like to um, kind of go into the rabbit hole and see what can go wrong and make sure we're prepared for that. Um, so what are the, obviously the big one on this side of things is insurances. So updating your insurances to make sure they're appropriate because what's the biggest change here that people should be kind of um, wary of? I think the two big ones are insurances and your estate planning. Yeah. Um, so insurances, it's completely different when you've got just two adults together and all you've got to worry about is the other adult moving on with life after they've lost a loved one or or a loved one sort of injured or disabled and you know recalibrating how they run their life. Very, very different when you add a small human or several small humans to the mix because they don't have the ability to go, okay, you can't go send a seven-week-old or a sort of even a seven-year-old to go do... Yeah, off to make some money. Yeah, go it? make some money for the family. Like, yeah. that's not how we do things. Um, so you've got to go, okay, well, when you lose one parent or one parent's earning capacity, you need to go, hey, do I want the other parent work? You know, do I want that other parent part-time? You know, are they going to be so heavily burdened with having to go to work and earn extra income that they're not actually be able to be present as a, um, a parent? Uh, and that's a really scary thing and it's shocking. So what insurance does, it gives you options. So it gives you the option of going, hey, well, do you want to go 
and continue on working or, hey, do you want to take a break and just spend time with you know, your family? Because is it all covers that everyone should be looking for? So obviously the main ones that people hear about are probably life and income protection. Yeah. And are they the two most important? How does it rank? Uh, or is it, you I know, think they're all important. But yeah. I think the income protection shouldn't change a hell of a lot. You know, you might need to because you should always be covered for as much as you can get. So if that's 75% of your income, I don't think that should really change. You might change your waiting period though. And you might have been able to get away with a six-month waiting period before, before children yeah. came because you go, you know, well, I could just batten down the hatches and not spend money. A lot of things that happen when you've got children are just they become essential expenses. So if you're talking mm. about childcare or if it's education expenses or if it's just feeding, clothing them, paying for your extra private health insurance because it's, it's higher because you're on a family um, package or something like that, I think that's really really important to get your head around because you need that consistency of income and you probably need it sooner or otherwise you need to have a cash buffer there. And that's probably the a point that we haven't touched on in the prior stage, which we probably should have talked about, is um, if you are planning to have children, it might be a good idea to get your insurances sorted before that, especially for um, the female giving birth. Yeah, so third once, trimester, yeah. once that hits, yeah. Um, sort of on hold for a little bit of it in terms of getting through underwriting. So, yeah, the sooner you can do it, the better um, because, yeah, life changes. So, you know, if you if one of your, one of the parents passes away, we need to make sure that there's a much bigger sum insured there that's going to provide future income, not just clear debt. Yeah. You know, whereas if it's two adults there, well, clearing debt might be enough. Um, so, you know, they can move on and sort of go back to work and once they get over the emotional distress of it all. Yeah, um, they'll still so, have a house and, yeah. um, you know, no mortgage to, to pay off yeah. in that scenario. And then the estate planning is the other one. Of going, yeah, so hey, let's talk a bit about that. So what is estate planning for? So estate planning, those? you know, wills. So, you know, what happens to your assets um, outside, you know, all of your estate assets um, when you pass away. Um, superannuation, you know, updating your beneficiaries. That's a non-estate asset, so making sure... How does that get um, distributed or how, who do you want that to go to? Um, and, you know, if you're a single parent as well, you might want to sort of pick a, a super fun provider that allows for child death benefit pensions. Yeah, what pretty, are they? Pretty morbid thing to be thinking yeah. about. Um, but, yeah, it might be an important consideration of actually I want to make sure my, my children are looked after. Well, a lot of people kind of put it off because it is a terrible thing to think about happening, yeah, um, but, but the outcome is much worse. Yeah, I think about leaving your kids... Um, with no plan, no f- financial resources um, out there and sort of just relying on the you know, family, friends and just chance for things to happen. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you've got to grow up um, when you have kids and it's really just get these things done. It's financial hygiene uh, and if you're going to, you know, have financial dependence, you need to be responsible and these things are just, they need to happen. Um, power of attorneys are important as well. Yep. Um, but they, nothing really changes too much from there, but guardianship issues. So Yeah, so that's what, because that's probably the biggest decision. As yeah. a parent, one of the biggest decisions you'll have to make as a parent, um, deciding who will look after the little ones. Yeah, and you've got to go, well, okay, if it happened yesterday, who, what, who do I, you know, we've both passed away. Um, who do we want to be looking after? The well-being, the future you know, direction and care of our child or children. Yeah, it's a big decision so. because, especially if you don't have it in place, um, the likelihood is that it's going to be fighting behind. There'll be different family members that are likely well, going to want depends to. Depends what the kids are like. Yeah, the kids are <laughs> the kids are shockers. You might, you might not have anyone. No, so, yeah, yeah. They'll just be quarter point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just take the 
it's not a taboo subject. You just need to get it out in the open and get it done, uh, and pick wisely. You know, just pick people and you know. Make sure you let them know as well. You should let them know. <laughs> it's a bit of a shock. Um, it's been many a movie in Hollywood made about it. Um, but I think you want to pick um, people that you know have the values that align with yours, um, and then that sort of dovetails into having a good insurance plan. So if it did happen. Well, at least they've got the financial resources to take care of your children without putting a, an extra burden on them financially. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I think that's you know, it's not the sexy part of what we do, but I think it's really important. And just before we leave this topic, what about testamentary trust is one that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. Um, once you have kids, what are the benefits of those and is that something you'd recommend or you'd think people uh, would potent- could, should potentially rec- look at? I'd recommend exploring. I'd, you know, It's hard to know whether it's appropriate because it's not for everyone. Um, but if you are going to leave an estate, well, can you sort of, instead of paying money directly to your beneficiaries, put it inside of a, or allow the provision of a testamentary trust? Um, so the benefits of that, there's uh, you know, there's several. So you've got taxation benefits where, you know, minors, so, you know, children under 18 can actually receive income from these testamentary trusts but taxed as adults so they don't get the penalty um, tax rate that's applied to children for unearned income usually. Mm. Uh, And also from a family law perspective and sort of asset protection, they've got it's a great it's got greater protection from that perspective as well as creditors. If you know if there's a future relationship breakdown or sort of something happens. So you can actually put a lot more sort of controls on it um, and give a lot more certainty. So I definitely have that engage a, um, a lawyer with in, in that conversation to see if it's appropriate for you. Definitely. So, is there anything you think that we've missed, or any last or big tips you think that people should be aware of? Or? Yeah, I think with things changing, I would definitely jump in and go, "Hey, all right, the circumstances have changed. It's like a financial plan is a living, breathing thing. So, are there things in my situation that have now changed? Like, we've okay, one person stopped working, so there are, or they've they're on a reduced income." Can I get benefits like the government co-contribution by putting money into super or can I use the spouse contribution or uh, is there an age difference between the two of us and, you know, know, um, splitting superannuation benefits between spouses makes sense. Um, All those sort of things I'd definitely be um, exploring and making sure where, you know, you just, it's different. Um, And then making sure you're enrolled with um, Centrelink as well to make, you know, you're getting all the benefits that are possible there. So I think that's really important. There's also a sort of a, for first, um, first-time first parents, there's a government show bag that apparently is okay. really good. Yeah. Only for first-time parents. That's so I was very deflated. Yeah, <laughs> I went there and I'm like, hang on, where's my show bag? Because yeah. uh, apparently it's got some pretty good gear in it. Right. Um, you need to be registered though, so you need to get onto your MyGov account. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, you collect that when you've obviously, you're checking out of the hospital. Interesting. Yeah, well, really, def- it was deflate okay. gate for me he because brought, I was took med up to do it. With, <laughs> I was like, "Here, yeah, yeah, arms the open." Baby. Yeah, yeah I, did, I didn't do the sort of in, you know, the Lion King Simba pose or anything, <laughs> but um, yeah. So all those benefits, I think, do that, and then just like, take a fresh look, and probably if you got the headspace for it, especially before the children come, or even sort of once things settle down afterwards, do a review of your financial plan. Just make sure it's still appropriate and still on track. Yeah, because that's uh, and something we haven't touched on is obviously if one parent's off, you know, working for a, a little bit of time or it could be a prolonged period of time, then investments in their name might be more beneficial and different things like that. So it's definitely worthwhile re- reviewing everything and 
um, probably catching up with your advisor to go. Um, yeah, like a lot of things have changed because that's a, it's a, it is a dramatic change. Well, I know we did. Like we had a we recut our um, forecast budget to go. Hey, what are the things we're going to spend money on? And yeah, then plan for things like the car purchase. Mm. Um, like even the add-ons for prams and stuff are nearly as expensive as buying a pram. Yeah. Um, so all these things we've um, planned for and had a look at. Um, also investments, so how much do we want to put as a regular savings plan into investments? Um, do we wind back super contributions, so extra super contributions we're doing because protecting cash flow in the short term is a priority over yeah. the long-term stuff? Um, so, yeah, I think it's really a worthwhile exercise to sort of sit there. And if you don't have an advisor, you know, just um, you know, sit down together, have a, have a yak about what's important to you, what's changing what the plans are, and then you know, start to pick schools and stuff like that because apparently you need to put your um, applications you get, in need to get your name really early. early. Yeah, and I tell you what, sure. getting getting early for childcare as well because we, we're still waiting to get into our preferred center. Yeah, shout out to that center. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for giving us your insights uh, today, Pete, and um, delving deep into your, your personal experiences. Yeah, hopefully, well, it's, I'm not the uh, the guru by any stretch, but hopefully, it's given some um, real-life sort of, um, yeah, just the realities of what it is when you've got sort of young children because life does change a hell of a lot and there is a financial impact to it all as well. That's it. So as always, if you've got any questions, email us at connectedbicata.com.au and be sure to um, give us five stars if you like what we're doing well, and is there, share is there it around. potential for six or no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, definitely definitely share it around, sort of follow, subscribe because it does help us um, – yeah, get the word out there and then it'll improve um, yeah, the, the content and the sort of the future guests we can get on as well. Perfect. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into the Wealth Collective podcast. You can get in touch with us and send any questions to connect at picada.com.au or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. If you have enjoyed this, then please subscribe and five star us on iTunes, Spotify or your favorite podcast service. Until next time, live well and be prosperous.